Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with something in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we watched as Jim Carrey finally escaped Sea Haven in The Truman Show. And today, we're finding out if Ryan Reynolds can escape the ultra-violent Free City as we log on to Free Guy. Seriously, man, I'm just being honest. I think the bunny suit is just a little much. Excuse me? Right. Rabbit, okay? My fault. Hey, 40-year-old virgin! Get over here! Let's go. Uh-huh. Captain Khakis, come here. Go, let's go. Come on, bud. Closer. There he is. Blue shirt guy. Blue shirt? Yes. Hello, officer. Rabbit? Nice skin. Thank you. That's sweet. How'd you get it? Well, uh, mostly genetics, I think. I'm pretty lucky. I have I have naturally dewy skin. Listen up, Neutrogena. You know you can't go around looking like that. The rules are clear. And another thing, you can't hack the NPC avatars. No, sir! It screws up the mission load, Rules and it up. makes the game look bad. Horrible! Yeah. I got like 5% of that. So which film will we be switching off, and which will we have playing in the background forever? We'll know by the end of this show. So let's get it on. It's Clash of the Titles. Hello, Clash Potters. Catchphrase. I'm Alex Zay. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. So, once again, these are victorious choices this week. The Truman Show versus Free Guy. V, remind us why. Um, Because I really always liked The Truman Show, but it made me feel weird um, in a bad way Mm. several times. And then I was saving Free Guy for the podcast. And then there's this other film called Pleasantville, which I hate, so yeah. we're never going to do Who that. Who would have suggested that? Who would, suggest Who would have Chris? suggested that as a pairing? And Chris was just so um, understanding and charming and generous when I said I wanted to do this pairing. Yeah, so. and I just remember, I don't know if you remember it as I do, yeah, in the pub yeah. uh, last week when we were talking about this pairing, yeah. and you and I did sort of talk about maybe Pleasantville, and Chris just jumped in there. He was like, free guy yeah. is the one to do. But in a really lovely way, do you know what I mean? Like, just, yeah. I felt really, I felt um, free and held at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. So before we get on with this show uh, and this movie that uh, Chris suggested, uh, tell us, Chris, you've dipped into the digital mailbag once more for a review. What is it this week? It's from Matterjack. Hmm? He says, love it. Just finished the Blair Witch versus Parapods and love them. Fun talk about these great films and a real good find podcast. Great work, guys. Look forward to the next installments. Matterjacks. Yeah. Five stars. Thumb thumb up. What was different about those shows? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Unbelievable. (laughs) What are you talking about? The Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity. Oh, right. Sorry. Keep up. It was it was a vague diss. Do you remember? If Uh-oh. I'm not talking, I think I might be dead. So. <laughs> oh, I also have a couple. We got a couple of texts in. Oh. Uh, sorry, tweets in. Uh, aimed at Vicky. Aimed? Oh. Don't say that. 
Um, this is from uh, Design on Your Soul. Said Vicky, heard about your deodorant malfunction on the pod. Yep. Mm. If you need some natural deodorant, please look here. My wife's multi award winning skincare, all deodorant tested on humans. Thank you. I will do. Just nature. Great. Okay. I'll forward it to I'm you. I'm in desperate need of something. <laughs> a, a lot of those humans died. So. <laughs> and they stink, but fine. <laughs> be, be careful. That's a joke. I am absolutely joking. That sounds like a really good product. Well done, Just Nature. Um, and uh, Big Jim messaged uh, Vicky saying, um, uh, was your media tutor named Carl? Yeah. Holy shit. That guy was awesome. He made us watch Romper Stomper 2. <laughs> oh, my God. So he, were we in the same class or is he just still doing it? <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> it's a tweet. He was you incredible. You really don't use Twitter, do you? No, we don't. Hello, hello Twitter. <laughs> were we in the same class? Jim. <laughs> Jim, it's Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, let's get this done. So, on Monday, V overcame her fear of the sea, which means today I'm being reminded of that one time I played Fortnite and died over and over and over again, so never played it again. Young people, let me take you on a journey. Guy is an NPC, a non-player character in the ultra-violent but undeniably entertaining game of Free City, a game built on a bed of lies. Using code stolen by money-hungry Antoine from innocent game designers Million Keys, who had wanted to build a not-at-all-violent and not-at-all-entertaining game <laughs> called Life Itself, which then has its name changed at the end to Free World, which seems like for all their principles, Million Keys are not above piggybacking the Free City brand. <laughs> Anyway, as Antoine reasonably points out, he focus grouped their game and all the research said no one wanted it. <laughs> but just as you're about to side with Antoine, he says, what you talking about, Willis? In a film made in 2021 <laughs> to a character not even called Willis. Unbelievable. Anyway, turns out Guy is not just ripping off Will Ferrell's acting elf. He's special, and after the entirely digital Guy makes out with real human Millie in a scene that is somehow not as weird as it sounds, he saves the day. And Disney reminds you of all the other properties they own. <laughs> in the space of three minutes, the end. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, a free Guy. So, histories with this movie, I'll stop. Uh, it's my second watch. I hosted uh, a very small mini premiere of this in Leicester Square at the Empire at Leicester Square, uh, or the Cineworld Leicester Square, as I believe it's called now. Uh, it was a preview screening I'd went to before that to see the movie ahead of the premiere. It was one of the first movies I remember being out of the blocks after the COVID regulations lifted, uh, so that's why it was a small premiere. But watching the movie in the preview theatre beforehand was the first time I'd seen a film in the cinema since the start of COVID, so probably about 18 months, and it was such a joyous experience. This was the perfect movie to go back to the cinema for. It was feel-good, it was uplifting, it was funny, and sharing that with an audience for the first time in nearly two years was wonderful. So I had a great time. Chris? Uh, it's funny when we do films that have come out since we've been in the podcast, because I can remember the conversations we've already had about this when we first saw it. Um, I... Can't remember the exact circumstances, even though it was not long ago. I was very hungover. I'm sure of that when I watched this film and I found it very annoying, uh, very frustrating, and it made me quite angry. And I was dreading revisiting it, um, which is maybe why I was pushing that other film before. But I was pleasantly surprised when I watched it a second time. I, I got a lot more out of it. There was a lot more going on um, when I was properly paying attention. And so... I find that weird. This, to me, feels like the perfect hangover movie because yeah. it's just bright I, found, I just found it really obnoxious. Everyone in it annoyed me. Okay. <laughs> um, you were especially on a... Ryan Reynolds. Was it a tequila hangover? It then, might have been. Uh... It might have been after a night of yours, for all I know. <laughs> I don't understand that correlation. But... <laughs> v. It's the first time I'd seen it. I was also hungover, and I was on a train, as I frequently am, cross-country, and I really enjoyed it, but if I do seem angry at some point, that's because... I was on, listen, a table, four people, yeah, very crowded train. I sit down. You didn't know the others? Oh, no, no, by myself. I sit down, pop my film on. I'm happy. I'm very hungover and I'm very sweaty and it's 30 degrees, but I'm cool, it's fine. I'm happy. And the man across from me, the man across from me took his fucking trainers off and put his feet up on the seat so they were like sort of in my eye line. He was wearing white socks. Of course he was. Oh, God. In the heat. In the heat. Mm. And that dude, he didn't get off to a Grantham, so that's a long way and there is there's an order that accompanied those feet 
And I just did it. He was a big guy. I didn't know what to do. And it's like, I can't say to you, can you put your shoes back on? That's rude. But it is overpowering at this point. You absolutely can say that. I said, really? that, I said that to Woody Harrelson in an interview in a story I know I've told before on the podcast, Chris. <laughs> it's all right. Last week, I think I told two stories I told before, but luckily you guys didn't notice. We never noticed. Because no, exactly. <laughs> you're not paying attention. No, because we're good friends. <laughs> yeah, we just don't mind. We like the same stories You just again. said you never noticed. It's like the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah, just don't listen. You can, you can tell people that. I so, just, yeah, I just didn't feel empowered to do it. And so if I seem cross, it was because I am, it took, it takes me back to that moment. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know why Vicky was on a train, uh, Vicky went to uh, Todmorden uh, <laughs> to a rave uh, <laughs> at the weekend. A rave. Mm. a rave in a pub. A rave in a pub, an unexpected rave. Made, made friends with two, two young men. Um, <laughs> Culminating sitting on the pavement at one in the morning, which isn't that late, but for me and my friend, that's very late. So we're like, we need to go home. Um, just, just talking about life and our feelings and all the rest of it. Well, yeah. Yeah, what do you mean? Did they say anything? <laughs> yeah, they did. They couldn't stop talking to us. They were basically following us. This, but they were absolutely lovely. Obviously. Drugs will do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, do you want to know a bit about this movie? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible question to ask. Uh, so, this was written as a spec script by a man named Matt Lieberman. His biggest movie prior to this uh, was probably The Christmas Chronicles, uh, mm. which he... Quite like that. Yeah, I think we should do it at some yeah, point around yeah, Christmas time. I agree. Uh, he sold that script to uh, Chris Columbus's production company. Uh, an interesting aside, very different film, like... He gets a writing credit, obviously, on the, the final film, but just the transformation of the script. So the original script was called 1224 and was a found footage movie about two kids trying to get Santa Claus on video. Cool. And then it transformed into the Christmas Chronicles. Anyway, in 2016, he'd written Free Guy on spec and it finds its way onto the famous blacklist of the best unproduced scripts and finds its way into the hands of Sean Levy. Fascinating wormhole I went down about Sean Levy. He is... Kind of, and I think intentionally, he keeps a very low-key profile, but he's a phenomenally successful producer-director. Yeah, yeah. mm. It's quite amazing when you look at him. For example, his first look, five-year Netflix deal, signed in November 2020, is in the nine-figure range. How is that? Is that billions? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Over a hundred million. Does that count? No, I don't. <laughs> she literally okay, just said. No, all right, sorry. No, I really don't. So, so over it's like a hundred million. Hundred million plus. Cool. And that is outside his existing Netflix deal for Stranger Things. Right. So that's a separate deal he has for Stranger Things. Then this on top. And you look at what he's done. I mean, he's done the Night of the Museum films. He produced Arrival. He's producing the movie we talked about on the episode Vicky Wasn't Here, the Rob Savage version of Stephen King's The Boogeyman. He's a producer on that. He's a busy man. And so... And he's just directed his masterpiece. Which is... The running out that hill sequence in Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, have I got there yet? Don't spoil it. You know there's a running up that hill song in Stranger Things. Oh, the Kate Nash. Uh, Kate no, Nash. for fuck's sake. Wow. What? Oh, what, you're like 22 Did... years old. He's not discovered Kate Bush yet because he's got to the episode. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Stop spoiling Kate Nash will be stuff. pleased with that, though, know, to be fair. Right? That's right, you know. So many lemons. Oh, I love that song. She really hated people throwing lemons at Bitter. her. Bitter. Understandable. She had to say, can fans stop coming to my gigs and throwing lemons? It hurts. <laughs> She's written a lyric. It's a great lyric. It inspires lemon throwing. So, Sean Levy, the legend Sean Levy, gets his hands on this script in 2016 and he immediately passes. Uh, he's, he's, not, he's not interested. He says, I passed because I'm not a gaming aficionado. I'm always looking for that humanist spine in a movie. Then his friend Hugh Jackman, who he directed in Real Steel, another movie we've talked about doing, mm. introduces him to his friend, Ryan Reynolds. And Hugh said, uh, if you guys ever... I was going to do the accent and I realised I wasn't going to do the <laughs> oh, accent. Oh, that's a shame. All right, I'm going to do it. Uh, if you guys ever work together, you'll never stop. <laughs> wow, you really are the greatest showman. <laughs> You guys ever work together? You'll never stop. That's Hugh Jackman uh, doing Michael Caine, uh, one of his famous impressions. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, and sure enough, after Free Guy, uh, Levy and Reynolds uh, made the Adam Project for Netflix, which I know Chris hates. That's an eight hit. I thought you said it was awful like and manipulative. It, it was, yeah. <laughs> this give me a the, these films all give me a headache. This was the hangover problem with this. It, it's quite headache-inducing. Mm. 
Uh, but uh, true to what Hugh Jackman said, um, after uh, The Adam Project, uh, Levy is directing the new Deadpool movie at Disney, which is apparently going to be R-rated and part of the MCU, and Levy wants to include Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in some ways. A beautiful full circle. So... Reynolds goes, I really like Sean. We're both uh, very similar. We're both pretty sentimental. And so they find the human story in this script, uh, the theme of living in the background in a world that is not to your liking, where maybe you can affect change. Script gets bumped up by Zach Penn and we're off to the races, sort of. Uh, three cancel release dates because of COVID, but eventually... August 2021, it comes out making just over $330 million on a $100 million budget. So a hit. Any more for any more? No. No. Okay. So let's go through this movie. We are straight into the game. Did not realise that was Channing Tatum the first time I watched it. God, I did. Yeah, I'd know that man anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it looks a, a, a lot like... Fortnite come Grand Theft Auto, a sort of mashup, or as Levy calls it, uh, being influenced by other games and films, but not required to make a direct adaptation of an existing franchise is why he enjoyed it. And a contribution to an <laughs> existing franchise. Uh, production designer Ethan Tobin said the film's game world design drew primary inspiration from SimCity, mm -hmm. The Sims and Red Dead Redemption 2 while also acknowledging thematic inspiration from Grand Theft Auto and Fortnite. But not a financial contribution. No. Because <laughs> it's just influence. I sort of saw that and they went, oh, it's, it's yeah, good, it's good. Yeah, you can have it, it's fine. It's okay. But you kind of already know, the minute this starts, the world you're getting yes, into. Yes, agreed. Uh, so there is qu quite a bit of VO at the start. Does it pass your voiceover test, V? Uh, it did at the time. Why? I remember thinking that I would be asked about this because I've made this is my hill to die on. Mm. I don't know why. I, I suppose it's, it's Ryan Reynolds' voice, isn't it? It is Ryan Reynolds' so voice. So I think that's what got it over the line for me because I'm very charmed by him, as is absolutely everybody that's ever laid eyes on him. So mm. it's kind of all right. He's a brilliant, brilliant human being. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to interview him is a, is a world of fun and he's very funny. Uh, so let's meet Guy. Uh, he's a non-player character who works in a bank and, like the other NPCs, simply accepts the violence and murder of their number by the glasses people as part of their existence. I mentioned it in my brief overview. I hadn't noticed it the first time I watched it. Once I saw it this time, I could not unsee it. It is so Will Ferrell in Elf. Do you not think so? Am I maybe... I mean, I, now that you've said it, but I don't know. I, I mean, I've only seen Elf a couple of times and seen this one since... I know that the wide-eyed wonder, I get all of that. Mm. I don't know, it didn't annoy me. Okay. I mean, it didn't annoy me because it's Ryan Reynolds and like you say, yeah, exactly. he charms you yeah. immediately. So we find out that Guy has everything he needs except one thing, someone to love. We are racing through the setup now because <laughs> he sees Molotov Girl, who I'm going to refer to as Millie throughout because I'm not saying Molotov Girl for an hour. Uh, he doesn't use the catchphrase she was expecting. So it's seven minutes in. Seven minutes in, he's already changed from his regular self. And at eight minutes in, we find out that Millie has a lawsuit against the makers of Free City because they stole her code to build a game and the evidence is hidden somewhere in the game. Boring! What? <laughs> That's Villanelle's catchphrase, but it's fucking true. Like, you leech empathy out of the thing the minute the girl goes, I'm in a lawsuit. And then, and then also, see later, they haven't licensed our product correctly or we're due royalties. I think it's such a misstep. You do not bake in empathy when you've got two characters, Keys and Millie, who, to the audience don't seem to be living that harder life, which is like, it's, I know it's not fair that you got your product stolen from you, but then Antoine bought it. So did he steal it? And all the rest of it. I just think it's such a shame because you want, it's actually their story and you want to root for them, but it seems like they just want to be richer than they are. Mm. And that's a bit of a mistake. It's just too convoluted as well. Yeah. Like the first time I watched it, I really, because I don't understand the games industry that no, well. Exactly. I, I really do. The second time I did get it, but it takes them four or five explanations yeah. to get you to where you need to be. And for the first watch, that was way too much for me to actually understand what was happening. And later, Antoine, he doesn't seem to understand the code that he bought slash stole. So did he? Does he know it's there or not? And then Keys kind of tells him it's there, but that he's your enemy by this point. I don't know. You, you're like, how can we get people to root for these guys? And it's like, there's a romance that needs to happen, and that's brilliant. But let's not use a lawsuit as the the engine, especially maybe not in the climactic moments where Millie goes, 
I will give you the rights back <laughs> to Free City yeah. and drop said lawsuit. Yeah. And you're like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So uh, we do get a very funny scene uh, where Guy is now off his NPC rails. Uh, he orders a cappuccino instead of the drink every NPC has, regular coffee, cream, two sugars. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's funny for me, at least, because lovable Officer Johnny, upon hearing this, says, somebody's going to get shot. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny. It's a funny joke. And then the tank pointing its turret at Guy from outside the window. I'm loving this. It's good. And so at Clark, like clockwork, structurally, at the 12-minute mark, we get the catalyst for Guy's adventure as he puts on some glasses and sees the new world of Free City for the game it is. Mm. A scene just, that was done so brilliantly in They Live. Mm. It took me ages to get the glasses thing, even though I have seen They Live. Um, but then doesn't Guy kill someone before he puts the glasses on? But he doesn't know he's not real. So he's in, in his head, he's like, wouldn't he be like, I've just killed someone? He kills a bank robber. Does he not? Oh, yes. And then he puts he, the glasses he on. Acci- he, he accidentally shoots the bank robber yeah. and gets his glasses. Yeah, yeah. so he, in his head, he's killed a man. This game gets away with a lot of uh, violence, um, yeah. first of all, by having them as video game characters, because there's quite a lot of violence in it. Secondly, you're absolutely right, and I've never thought of that, and you sort of, once again, to go back to this Ryan Reynolds charm, him going, no, he's just asleep. Yeah, it's fine. He's just resting, you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's sort of dealt with it. Yep. <laughs> as he deals with a lot of stuff by just sort of going, charm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, but I think that detached irony... Is it to the detriment of the film a little bit where it's hard to get engaged when he doesn't, when he never acts like he's in danger? I don't feel like he's ever in danger. And so I can't really get behind him. I think, I don't know, it's, you know, he's obviously stolen that shtick from, you know, Bill Murray and Stripes and Bill Murray and Ghostbusters. And that's the problem with those films that when someone is standing outside of the film, commenting on it and taking the piss and doesn't really act like they're in danger, it's hard to really buy into the danger they're supposed to be in. I see what you mean. I guess because we talked about that on the Stripes episode, mm. uh, another episode where Victoria wasn't here. And uh, it feels like you've had a lot of time off. Uh, Are you sure? No. <laughs> and, uh, no, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, but with Bill Murray in that, he is a real person. Here, mm. uh, he gets a pass for me because he is this naive video game character. He's an NPC. He's like a child. So that detachment is because he's experiencing things for the very first time. So you kind of... You let him get away with it, I guess, a little bit. Uh, anyway, I think uh, one thing that isn't really explored is the, an interesting thing after Guy orders the cappuccino in the coffee shop and you see the barista's expression change and it's like she's broken her programming yeah, yeah. now and she wants to explore yeah. like making a cappuccino. And then there's a little bit of the cash point when he's drawing money out and as he's breaking his programming, coding, whatever... Uh, you see a, a character, an NPC in the background, like jumping against a wall. Oh, yeah, and get stuck. And get I love stuck that bit, yeah. And I just don't think they had enough fun with the idea of the system breaking down. Yeah. I know what they were trying to do, which is like by the time he's making the rallying call at the end and yeah. he's got them gathered as a crowd, that's because of what he's done in yeah. the game. But I just think there's so much opportunity for humour to see a game breaking down and yeah, glitching yeah. that it doesn't explore. So time for some action. This guy is chased by two of the game developers. Um, it's I, li- I like his confusion when he's when they ask him to remove his skin. Yeah, it's <laughs> quite funny. Yeah, I, I can do without the rabbit is an apex predator stick. I'm just a bit bewildered. If anything, <laughs> um, <clears throat> fine. Uh, keys as a dirty stripper cop is kind of fun. Um, but one thing this movie gets very right because you know. I mean, again, it gets away with it. It's a video game. So all that CGI action is like, well, all right, it's going to be that because it's a video game. But it absolutely nails needle drops, this movie. Wrecking Ball by Miley Cyrus (laughs) as he misses the wrecking ball. (laughs) Funny. It is funny. (laughs) So funny. It's a bit obnoxious. I think the game. I think the game. I think you've got to do that all the way through the film if you're going to do that. He does. I don't think they do it very often. Well, there's been one already from Yars Prince uh, when he sees Molotov Girl walking down the street. There's another couple which I'll mention because I think it actually makes this film better. I think the soundtrack to this movie, like the film, owes it a huge debt. So, well, fantasy they've done a few times. 
Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm kind of gutted we don't get like a recreation of the fantasy video. Yes. It's not hard. They're on a, they've got a boardwalk there. Yes. Let's have some roller skates yes. if you're going to use the song over and over again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we've been in the game for quite a while. Now we're off to the real world. We find out about Million Keys, all that game design that Antoine bought the code, used the code, Million mm. Keys. Uh, Millie believes he's got it and the evidence is in there. Keys doesn't. Keys works for Antoine. I actually, I never thought of what you said earlier, but you're right on the money. It's sort of weird that they're, you know, it should be she can't afford the lawsuit. And, yeah. you know, she's been broken by this. Yeah, there's a fun bit, which you might not have, you might have missed it, but obviously I'm a little bit... Um overly sensitive about things like this but when you've got the video clip from 2015 and million keys know each other from before and they're talking about life itself there's a bit where the interview is like and so now you're working with Antoine tell us about that and keys is like well Millie's just got such a great head for business and it's like so it's her fucking fault like you sold the thing so they shift the blame onto her blame my friend because that's a friend of mine doing the interview oh is it yeah hi Terry I did see IGN um, yeah although she she asked if they're a couple I'm not sure we're allowed to do that in interview (laughs) I think we're getting trouble. The couple thing, I think it's cute, but it made I saw the two of them sort of fluff that. Are you a couple? Oh no, 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 no. So I can see that they're really into each other. It's so obvious. And then mm. at the end, she's like, "What? It's him?" It's like, "Oh, I thought you knew that." So yeah, so mm. did I. And that's a real, that's a massive mistake in the film. Like when she does the reveal at the end, or the film does the mm. reveal at the yeah. end, where she's like, "Oh my god, it was keys along." I'm like. Does she not know that, but we know that? Or yeah. should we not know that, but we've made that connection because they made it so bloody obvious? Yeah. <laughs> and is it a bit stalkery what he's done? Creating a video game character about his love for her. Mm. Yes. <laughs> with all with all her characteristics and, I don't know, he's, I don't know, does he think that's the way to her heart? Well, it depends. Imagine if, uh, which is a very nice cut in the movie where... She is kissing Guy for the first time, and then it cuts to her just looking like at the screen, the monitor of her avatar kissing Guy. But to follow your through line, if that had actually broken her in some way, she'd be like, "What's gone wrong with me?" <laughs> then you know that is on fucking keys. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. If she's like, "I've kissed a video game character," <laughs> uh, I'm broken, and she's ultimately getting off with herself. <laughs> yeah, well, she's getting off with keys. Because oh no, no. Has, no, he's put her in the in 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 guy. Yeah, because guy likes bubblegum ice cream. She likes bubblegum ice cream. If you say so, swing sets, I'm going to punch you in the face. When she's like, and I loved a swing, and it's like, okay, all kids love swings. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's like what a unique she character. She's a trait. She meant she's a swinger. <laughs> uh, you can have sexy swings. Swings don't have to be playful yeah. things. Yeah, but that's what Get in the red room. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! That's. Weird. That's Something's what, happening. That's what that's what Tommy Lee was having built by that carpenter who nicked the tape, mm. as we all saw in the show. Oh yeah. So uh, we'll talk about Antoine in a bit. I'm, I'm saving Antoine. Okay. Um, we're a little late structurally when we get to plot point one, 28 minutes, um, but it's where Millie goes, you know, you, sure, just go level up before I'll yeah. talk to level you. Level up to get the girl. Yeah. I like that. It doesn't quite feel like that's the drive, but I think the script has gone, this is the next section. If yeah. you level up, you get the girl. And he's going to do that by being nice. Uh, Cue a montage of Guy being nice and saving NPCs from players. Uh, We get a lot of, you know, I mean, it's not the only film to do it, but it's the Groundhog Day thing. Do the same thing over and over again. Keep dying. And Mm. then you work out the right way to do it. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Um, It's quite good. Um, We get the undernourished, I'm going to say, story of him and his NPC buddy called Buddy. Yeah. Now... I find it difficult because Buddy doesn't seem to want to break his NPC programming, whereas people have already, other NPCs, have broken their programming naturally Mm. from interacting with Guy. And yet when Guy goes, listen, we don't have to do this, Buddy can't do it. He's Mm. so opposed to it that I think it's because I just watched the Truman Show. I misread it as he's in on a larger conspiracy. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And if he puts on the glasses, something else will happen rather Mm. than just his natural reticence. And so I, I, I infused it with a bit more than is there. I think they mess up with his character at the end as well. Yeah. I think it's a bit all over the place, what, what goes on with Buddy in this film. Okay. Are you going to save that for when we get to it? Yeah. Good. So um, you mentioned this. and It is 
a little bit more difficult to believe in Free Guy. The fact that this is global news. <laughs> an NPC in an online game has started being nice. It, it's on the news. It's made a question on Jeopardy. It's made a question on Jeopardy. It's on Good Morning America. Mm-hmm. Don't think they cover that stuff. Um, and then <laughs> and then you've got all these Twitch Twitchers and YouTubers and, you know, they just aren't very good actors. No. They aren't very good actors. And there's this, this weird stuff where they're going out about how hot Ryan Reynolds is. Like, Ryan Reynolds has made this movie where he's got loads of people saying how hot he is. <laughs> it's that's a weird choice. Uh, so he's levelled up. We're there already. He's levelled up. And um, another needle drop coming up because yeah. that entrance on that motorbike to Mama Casa's Make Your Own Kind of Music nailed it. New. Oh, I really like it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so empty and fucking stupid, but I really like that song. And obviously, we all love an action sequence set to like a big, bassy, whatever song. So when you flip it and you still deliver that emotional kind of like rhythm, it's just brilliant. I know it's stupid, but it is brilliant. By the end, I want you to find some joy in this film, Chris. <laughs> I am. I am. Okay. I enjoyed the film. Okay. Okay, good. I mean, I can't wait to talk about the brilliant Taika Waititi performance. <laughs> getting really excited, getting revved up for that. <laughs> uh, okay, we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Um, I, I will say this. Uh, um, they don't manage to get the evidence uh, from uh, Channing Tatum's safe house. Uh, not once, not twice, but three fucking times. Mm. Well, do you you know do what? not go back to the same location to perform the same task three times. Why has she designed an avatar that looks exactly like <laughs> She's undercover. But also, I know nothing about games, but if he's stolen code, the code is in the game. You don't need a physical clip. It's in the game. I don't know, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you produce it, but you don't need a video clip that shows you a secret world because the code is what the game is built on. So he bought it, so it's built into it. So that's the, all the evidence you need. No. Do you know what? Don't ask that question. It's I mean, so boring. I think, yeah, you, I think yeah. you might be right. I think it may, and I'm just just throwing this out there, it may be a less interesting movie. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so we open with keys at a computer. He finds the code, Finn. He plays the game. <laughs> he looks at the code. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, a, a much shorter, more sort of arty <laughs> kind of take on, on this, but sure. Yep. Sure. So let's do it then. After this break, we meet Antoine. 
fucking love Taika Waititi. Okay. I think he's great. I think he's got a brilliant sense of humour. I think he's very funny in the roles he's played in What We Do in the Shadows, his little cameo yeah. as the preacher, uh, priest in uh, The Hunt for the Wilder People. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think he's good. I, I think this this is just, I don't know whether he's reached the stage after the success of like Thor Ragnarok and, you know, Jojo Rabbit, where people are like, okay, that's what you're going to do. That's fine. No one say anything to Taika. That's what he's doing. It's just such a scattershot, over-the-top performance. Yeah. I mean, I maybe he's let down by the dialogue a bit. Be, I'm being nice. Because he, I think I think a lot of that's improv. Is it really? So then it's awful because he he's meant to be an idiot, I think. He's he's a puffed up idiot. You know, he's wearing these silly clothes and all the rest of it. But then later on, you get all the other characters going, don't forget he's smart, don't forget he's smart. No, he's not. He's meant to be a clown. I get all of that. His first line is, it's all over social media. Sorry, it's all over what? Even I don't fucking use social media, but I don't say things like that. Mm. Like, which part of social media? And that KFC shit, fuck me, that goes on a long time. Yep. And it's not funny. Mm. So you can't rule of three and then hope for the best. No. Chris, thoughts on Antoine? It's a disaster. This is not good on a hangover. You're watching this and oh, what am I, why is this? Why is he still shouting at me? Why hasn't he said anything funny yet? <laughs> it feels like this is supposed to be a funny character. Yeah. He's just saying things. <laughs> He, remind, he reminded me, which just sort of goes against like, how much I love the character I'm going to mention, but the, I can't remember the terminology you used when you described Captain Mal from Serenity, and I don't want to go back into that argument. Sure. But does this, does this sort of exist in that same sphere of a character that is just almost like a caricature as yeah. opposed to a real character. There's nothing to get your hooks into, is mm. there? Like, But in a comedy, it will work because that's fine. You can do pastiche and caricature and you can be larger than life and totally nail it. Millions of characters do and people do. It's just, like you say, just slips and slides a little bit. My primary problem was I will accept a clown and I don't mind if he's not making me laugh. It's just not my sense of humour. But you can't have everyone going, don't forget how smart he is, don't mm. forget. Like, that's, it, that's the big problem. Yeah, and because we are being told he's smart and he yeah. runs his company, but then he does a lot of stupid things yeah. as well, which doesn't help. I think that part of the problem as well is he's too, it's too broad, this character, when we're in the real world. And we need the real world to be a little bit real because the, there's so much broadness going on yeah. in... Freak in the game, mm. so I think that's a problem. Like, just we need some reality here, and this guy doesn't exist in real life. Yeah, for me, it just looks messy as well. It, they, like the jokes, physically and visually, where he's standing in the scene, don't make it the funniest joke it could be. Which makes me think they've just gone and enter Antoine, yeah. <laughs> and he's just sort of rift. Like whoever walks into shot, he'll just do whatever he does, and it just feels. It feels messy. It's upsetting, isn't it? Because I do, I do like him. I know a lot of people. It's a bit, you know, a bit marmite and all the rest of it. But I do like him. And mm. when he walks in, you know, in those big shoes and the, you know, that crazy outfit, I was like, hooray! I'm actually into it. Yeah. And the minute he starts talking, it's like, oh, I, yeah, not for me. The only glimmer we get of just how good Taika Waititi is generally is where he goes, "Let's make up a catchphrase." Three, two, one. <laughs> get back to work. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That is funny. Yeah, true. Just like five more of those and it would make all of this okay. Uh, so you talked about how convoluted it was earlier, Chris. In my opinion, this is where it really hits the skids and mm. this movie. So let's go through why it's all over the place. We discover that Guy contains the code for Million Key's original build and therefore is evolving beyond his coding and is now AI. Yeah. AI just thrown in there. That's mm. news though, to be fair. That would be be on America this morning whatever it's called. It is. It is. In fact, that could probably make Antoine more money than anything else. Than the game. <laughs> and yet when he discovers that it's AI, he wants to destroy it. It's like, you're, you're not that smart. There's your bloody cash cow. That'll make you richer than God. Stop smashing it might servers. Even, it might even turn you into God. <laughs> uh, we get a ticking clock. Free City 2 launches in 48 hours. Mm. And because... It's not backwards compatible. It's going to destroy Free City. Okay. Cool. Backwards compatibility included in this tick. Hmm. Guy finds out he's a character in a game. He's sad until Buddy, who like hmm. is refusing to believe that he should break his programming, says, even if you're not real, this moment is real. Relationships are real. Friendships are real. 100% untrue. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> I do think, I think... The intention of the performances, both performances are good. And I think, again, it maybe it's a dialogue thing because you've got the scene in front of you. By the end of this scene, we need to have some feeling that they're going to be okay and that they've got a sense of realness no matter what it is. Mm. Write it. But saying, even if I'm not real, this is real. No, don't mm. use the word real because then we just think, no, you're not. 
Yep. Uh, and so this works for Guy, though. He has this epiphany. He's like, OK, relationships are real. Great stuff. I'm going to go out <laughs> there and I'm going to I'm going to help Millie. And uh, thank God we get that brief Channing Tatum cameo. So the thing is, I would, I'm, I'm, this is not what I really think, obviously, because the minute he's there at the start, you're like, you better dance. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. You better dance. But... There's another example of a character, uh, sorry, an actor doing the thing that he's really well known for, like Taika Waititi, these big performances and all the rest of it. And yet, for some reason, when Channing Tatum, for no, basically no reason, but all because it's fit, yep. dances, me and everybody in the world me too. is like, hooray, no, you can do that all day. They are there for a reason, aren't they? Aren't they Fortnite dancers? Yes. Uh, yes. So, so thematically, actually, it's actually what that character would do yeah. is the snaky man or, or whatever it is he's doing. Yeah, I don't know if they mention his name in the game, but he's called Revengemin Buttons, uh, which is a slice of genius that is overlooked because I only saw it on Wikipedia. I'm like, I'm like, are you kidding? You, why did no one say that? Uh, full respect to the actor called uh, Matt Carderopel. He's brilliant. Who specialises in that role. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like I've seen him in so many things playing that guy. He's the gamer who controls Channing Tatum's avatar. And he's, he's got really, his mom. really good. So good. But, Don't touch that song, Mum! <laughs> but we've seen a lot of that in a film we did early on on this show, Galaxy Quest. Like That joke was done to death in Galaxy Quest and done really well. How do you mean? The boy who lives with his mum and okay. is getting stressed yeah. with the mum oh, in the yeah, background. Yeah. Like sure. That's all played out in that film. Sure. Um, so Channing Tatum's great for a moment. I'm I, I'm annoyed I'm back at his stash house uh, for the third time, but <laughs> never mind. But my big problem here is, so Buddy has given Guy this speech, which has like motivated him to come and save the day. And then they reboot the game. Yeah. And you're like, okay, so any agency that Guy had has been removed by the rebooting of the game. Mm. And do not get me started on the fact that this game contains both a reboot and a destruction of the servers that we are supposed to know are very, very different things. Agreed, yeah. It's like, it's, it's what's a, one, what's the other? Yeah. There was a lot of terminology. do I need to know? There was a lot of terminology I didn't understand. Look, they go searching for trace code, trace logs now, and it's just stuff that like, oh, am I supposed to care about a trace log? Exactly. <laughs> and like Vicky said, although it's a bit different, but it's like suddenly, this because the game's rebooted, the evidence that... They spent this long in the movie, like, I don't know, we're about an hour in at least at this point. The evidence that they've now got becomes irrelevant because the game got rebooted. Yeah. Mm. So it sort of starts over again. Yes, it does. I mean, Antoine forgetting to scrub the reflection. And like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's forgotten to scrub a reflection. What is the reflection? <laughs> I do like that. I don't like the fact that it's like, oh, he's been rebooted and a kiss will bring him back to life. I think that's a bit soppy, for, even for me. But I do, it then buttons it when you see all the visuals of the loops that his algorithm does. And to try and show someone like me who doesn't know much about games mm. why this AI makes sense. I thought they did a really good job of explaining how AI could, in theory, happen, even though it's obviously nonsense, but it made me buy it. What? Then when making kiss, out? When they're kissing, I was like, well, oh, okay, fine. But you see the code loop back round and expand and he's suddenly a person. And that's where you need a needle drop of... Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. <laughs> That's what I want to hear while they're kissing and all these visuals are popping. Uh, I, I Actually, I got very sentimental at that moment. I buy into the kind of Sean Levy, Ryan Reynolds, they both claim their similarity is sentimentality and it works for me. I liked The Adam Project. I didn't feel manipulated. They're playing baseball, like they, his dead dad and they're playing baseball in the back garden. It's so beautiful. Yeah, but the beautiful scene in Field of Dreams, not, not, in, the Adam, <laughs> not in The Adam Project. Uh, so... Um, I am intrigued about one aspect of this at this point, which is how they are going to resolve, um, so both characters are happy, the growing romance between Millie and Guy. I think that's an interesting thing, because yeah. I'm watching it going, I wonder how that'll play out, because you're mm -hmm. obviously going for a happy ending, so yeah. how does that work for Guy? Yeah. We'll come to it. We're in the climax. So... Um, Guy rallies the other NPCs and explains there's a world where they don't have to suffer and there is a great but dark rule of three joke that I'm paraphrasing here where Guy is with Millie and he says, do you see murders in your world? She's like, no. A lot of bodies in the streets? She's like, no. See a lot of gun violence in your world? Actually, it's a massive problem, Guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, are you allowed to do that joke when you've spent the film celebrating massive guns shooting people? Like it's a proper celebration of bullets, this film. Yeah, but I think that's she said. I mean, I don't think it's, I don't think it's undoing that. I um, I think because you know, 
because the game has violence and that she's actually saying there's violence in the real world, they're not making a judgment call. They're actually saying, yeah, I mean, potentially this is wrong in the game because it happens in the real world. I just think she delivers it so well, Jodie Comer. Mm-hmm. I hate her look in like. The, so do I. I don't know what it is. I think because all I mean the gay the, the film does this really well because every what uh, look what look the her her avatar in Why do ah I the Molotov lady yes yeah. Molotov right. girl. Well, she should look as I say she should look friggin' different. Well, cooler <laughs> like you know people like people play these games and all the other avatars like the Channing Tatum one they all look very fucking cool. Yeah, and hers. I think it's the hair, and I know what they. I don't know what they've done. I suspect they've gone. Let's really give her a very different haircut. But did they need to go sort of Angela Ripper, nineteen seventies <laughs> newsreader? It's just a strange, a strange haircut. I don't know why I don't like it. I can't put my finger on it. It's a yeah. I mean, a lot of these avatars are strange. I know, and yeah, and we shouldn't. Do, you know, it's a bit be like, oh, this girl didn't look pretty. But the point no, of being an avatar is, is you cool. can, yeah, you can look like what you want to look like. Mm, I thought she looked fine. Okay, good. So, uh, Antoine says, what you talking about, Willis? For real. (laughs) Um, And then, however, just before you sort of lose your faith in Antoine's character, he does unleash in the movie the greatest part of Free Guy. It's absolutely wonderful in setup and execution. Dude. Mm. He's so good. He's brilliant. Yep. So good. Catchphrase. <laughs> Just because they've set him up as unfinished, he's an unfinished bit of coding, yeah. and they nail all those jokes. There are three things I love. Kicking ass, TBD, <laughs> third thing here. That's mm. funny. That's really funny. Fucking genius. Oh, it's so good. Uh, so, obviously, Ryan Reynolds did the facial motion capture for Dude, but if you want to give credit to the physique, it's a bodybuilder called Aaron W. Reed. Right. That's his sexy torso there. Good work. Uh, apparently, Dude became a purchasable skin in Fortnite, the crossovers. Um, so, shall we talk about this and decide whether or not it's cynical or actually very good fun? Cynical. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I, I, I didn't want to, but I just did. So and bear did in mind, I. I hated Ready Player One for more or less the same reasons, but... They don't do overkill. It is, um, you know, I mean, granted, first of all, in the fight with Dude, there's the portal gun from Portal, fine. There's the gravity gun from Half-Life 2, fine. But there's also two Disney properties. This is a Disney movie. Captain America's Shield. I, I love it. I love the fact that they've got Chris Evans. Completely by chance, he was filming Defending Jacob in the City. Blake Lively suggested it. But that's that payoff of what the shit. I don't mind that. I just, is it, was it, maybe it was the man across from me upsetting me at this point. But when everyone's like, is that a lightsaber? Is that a lightsaber? Is that, have you never seen one before? Do you not know what one is? Does everybody on the planet not know what one is? Do, why is Disney trying to remind me what a lightsaber looks <laughs> like? Like, I fucking know. I just found that really annoying. I know, because they're not making any more Star Wars properties, so it's weird that they sort of look back <laughs> look, look back like that. Um, I'm, I'm going to come absolutely stone-cold clean with you. I welled up when the Star Wars needle drop happened and the lightsaber appeared. I was just like, this is so magnificent. And I'm going to hold my hands up and say, the movie hasn't earned this. The movie is trading yeah. on the legacy of a completely and, different franchise. Yes. But it works so well. When that score kicks in, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. It's a film about um, commercialism and the exploitation of IP that then uses commercialism <laughs> and the exploitation of IP just to spread um, the Disney message. I find it a little bit... Um, I think this film wants to have its cake and eat it on so many different levels and that's one of many I just it's just so good though just is that a lightsaber is that a lightsaber <laughs> no what do you think it is Antoine <laughs> well oh. we've got Antoine but one of the problems with, with this sequence which is a really fun sequence is Antoine's doing a commentary over the top of it watching it it's super annoying I don't need we don't need any of that commentary all I know is my eyes were wet when that lightsaber appeared. So you are pathetic. <laughs> I am the exact audience that loves moments like that in movies, <laughs> and there's a lot of us out there, Chris. So don't come for us. Oh yeah, no, the um, I know that because this uh, film that's all about anti-sequel is probably going to get a sequel, yeah. <laughs> and I can't wait. Uh, so. We've done the greatest needle drop in the movie. That was Star Wars. Guy makes a break into the game build across the sea, a la Truman Show. 
Antoine destroys the servers. We get a nice goodbye for Guy and Buddy. I got a bit emo. I thought that was good. Mm. Yeah, it's weirdly On good. On the bridge, it's sort of, considering like how I thought their relationship was so underexplored and I didn't really understand their friendship, the goodbye sold it to it's me. It's powerful because Buddy is going to be gone forever. Mm. Yeah. He's going to be gone forever. That's why it's emotional. Yeah, and he's all right with it. Yeah, Good, just checking. <laughs> Uh, and then life itself, uh, the game build appears and it just looks completely bereft of any of the amenities that Free City contains for the NPCs, like roads, housing, coffee. It <laughs> seems like I wouldn't want to live there. I mean, sure, it doesn't seem violent, but what am I going to do, live in a tree? It's so weird that that is sort of like, <gasps> Utopia has appeared and you're like, you're not a wild camper, then. Is there a beard like, <laughs> anywhere on that island? 30, 40 years of gaming has proved to us that all people want is to sit in a tree and they definitely don't, a, don't want to go around killing people. Mm. That's right. This, this game is going to be huge. Yeah. Thank God we've got rid of shooting in games because people did not like that. People just... Who knew? The, the film actually says, who knew so many people would want to watch NBCs? No one. <laughs> No one knew. People don't want to. They want to shoot them and murder them. They want to kill sex workers in cars and steal their money. That's why people play these games. It's positing a very flawed argument. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so uh, Millie uh, gives Antoine free, the free city rights and his comeuppance is without their code. It's just a bit shit. Yeah. His sales slump. IGN State is in the crosshairs and is he, it looks like he's getting arrested for crimes against acting at the end. Is that, <laughs> is that what's happening? Uh, Millie and Guy say goodbye. Sorry, Guy says goodbye for Millie. Uh, she doesn't get to say anything in that scene. No. He, he does all the, all the heavy lifting. He does. <laughs> uh, and here is my biggest issue with the end because uh, I was a bit worried when obviously... Guy sets up the idea that Keys created his code for his love for Millie, and so that's going to be Keys and Millie. And I did think that the game was going to, the film rather, was going to do that thing of suddenly one a random female NPC from earlier was going to be on Guy's arm. And you know that thing, I've seen it in a billion movies, where it's like, he's going to be all right, because he's met someone else yeah. too. But obviously, he's not dead, is he? Buddy. Oh no, Buddy! No, Buddy's not dead. No, what? what? I don't know how he's not dead, but he's not. They don't earn that. They don't earn that return mm. at all. It's funny because they set up a female I prefer character. It to a female character, though. I prefer Buddy coming back and it not being a romance, it being a friendship that Guy has. Yeah, well, they have that female character who's like the hot girl. Mm. Yeah, but then... the point is, she's a feminist now who doesn't need a man, so yeah. it would undermine her journey, wouldn't it, if she was on his arm? No, because then she chooses him because he's also a feminist, and so they can be happy together. Maybe she goes she's, on. Her... She's writing a book. She is writing a book, which is a bit preachy, rude. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> You've never yeah. read. Sorry, what's your favourite feminist? I love manifesto? the female. Eunuch. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've, I've read it and sure? listened. I've read it and listened to it. I like Fear of Flying. Do you really? Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. Have you? We yeah. read it. We read them to each other sometimes. <laughs> I just finished it. Oh, it's good, isn't Shit, it? Shit, are you worried? No. Have you honestly read it? Yes. Have you? We've got to get through this. <laughs> it's the, it's the, it's the, it'll be in the quiz Jesus next week. Jesus Christ! Come on, we've got a lot to do. <laughs> it'll be in the quiz. The um, time. We can't get into it right now. Couldn't he, shouldn't he be making out with dude? That would be so hot. He would. Uh, so, uh, here's my biggest issue with the end. I hope I haven't done this as my change as well. It's but, fine. Uh, Just get it done. Screw it. Uh, <laughs> so, Ryan Reynolds, guys, uh, line as they walk away, Guy and him, uh, into the happily ever after. There is no bank. We can do mm. whatever we want. Mm. Now, to me, uh, I, I told you I didn't like the end of the Truman Show because it left a big question mark uh, about Truman's future. To me... That's a that's not necessarily like utopia. It's like without purpose, you no longer have a purpose. Without, all, without rules, society crumbles. It's so weird. Like I'm sort of like, what are you gonna do? Like shunting. There'll just be a load of shunting. <laughs> I was almost here because I was so jealous. I was like, you can do whatever you want. It sounds beautiful. That's what being a grown up is. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I just think like they all had roles, like they all worked in banks or worked as baristas or whatever. And now it's just like it would get boring very quickly. Going, I'm going to ride a dragon today. <laughs> Done that. Anything else? No. What should we do? Should I go to work? You don't have a job. <laughs> what did you say about Big Brother? We can throw a jam at us back. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I don't know. I feel like these endings are fine in both these films. I can't believe how unhappy you are with both these endings. <laughs> They're both happy endings. A life without purpose is not a life. Uh, on August the 14th, 2021, following the film's successful first day box office gross, Disney decided they wanted a sequel. Anti-sequel uh, movie wants sequel. <laughs> uh, in March this year, uh, it's been announced that there will be a sequel. The president of 20th Century Studios said, it's a fantastic story. I love yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's your lot anymore for anymore? No. no. All right, let's do the bits. Uh, Chris, what's your best scene? I like when we meet, uh, well, sorry, when Guy meets um, Channing Tatum's character, I think the, the interaction between those two, the two scenes, to be fair, are, are really, really funny. I think it's the funniest bits of the film. Very good. Very good cameo. Channing Tatum nails it. Oh, yes. The... It's vacuous, but I like the fight to uh, play your own kind of music by Mama Cass. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Great. It's just fun. But guess, I guess I don't like that song. Yeah, and this so is that's the probably thing, a yeah. problem. So yeah. it's, just, I guess it's just subjective. If it was a song that I loved in yes. that scene, I might think it's And I right. agree. It's so empty that if I didn't like the song, mm. I would also hate and it. And I, I like the counter-programming of the song, but yeah. it's just not my favourite Mama Cass. Uh, mine is... Is that a lightsaber? <laughs> oh! The needle drop of the Star Wars theme when that lightsaber comes up. Mm-mm. Brilliant. Manipulator. <laughs> Manipulated. <laughs> uh, MVW, the most valuable whatever in the film, V. Is Ryan Reynolds, obviously. Um, or a dude, but that's the same thing, kind of. This is the reason. You just have to have a reason, don't you? I guess those are the rules of the show. At the start, when he's working in the bank and he's like, oh, I haven't got a person to be with. And even though he is Ryan Reynolds and looks like Ryan Reynolds, I believe that he's single for some reason, that there's something a bit off about a guy that means he can't like hook up with anyone. So I think that's quite good. A bit off, like in a bad way. Yeah. Like, don't check his hard drive. Hey, well, you went there first. I mean, there's loads of other ways someone can be off, but okay. I don't know. So don't check your hard drive. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, I would never. No, no. Uh, Chris, you're most valuable whatever in this film. Channing Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, all right. I, well, I'm going for Sean Levy because uh, I Ugh. think, honestly, I genuinely do uh, think he's put something together that, and I know we've sort of gone into some of the flaws with it, some of the over-explanations, some of the convoluted nature of the script, like references that don't need to be there. And yet, both times I've walked away from this movie just riding a wave of, of feel-good sentimentality, and I think that's a massive achievement. And so I'm giving it to Sean Levy for masterfully reining in all the disparate elements of this into something that is ultimately a really fun movie and also he looks a little bit like me uh, does he not my words uh, the words of his uh, a producer on another movie went oh my god have you met sean yet it's unfucking canny <laughs> is that the only reason you picked this so you could say that <laughs> yeah unbelievable no it's not it's uh it's because it helps you ride a wave of feel good euphoria okay what would you change uh though uh chris all right, I've got two. Sorry. Right. Um, we talk about this, though. The more I do this podcast, the more I see it. It came up in the... Stephen D'Souza talking about it in the Die Hard one. You've got to have the hero and villain meet before the end. I think Antoine has to enter the game. And I think maybe he has to enter the game as dude. I think you could do the dude jokes, but also have him be... Have, uh, have the big fight with Guy at the end. But to have him on the outside for the duration of the climax, I think it's just a massive mistake for the mm. movie. But I think... The problem with this film is Ryan Reynolds for me. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't, I think the film would work better if that NPC wasn't as good looking. Uh, people keep saying he's a loser, but I don't buy it. I think that you're doing a lot of work, Vicky, saying, oh, I can see why he's single because I feel it. I think he he looks perfect. He's Mr. Cool. He's, he's nearly as good looking as Channing Tatum. And I think this story should be about someone who isn't as perfect as Ryan Reynolds is. If it was Will from The Inbetweeners, if it was, you've got, you've got um, Lil Rel there. Maybe he should be playing that part. 
I just think you've got a story there, but he's not that different to the the sunglasses people. Yeah. And therefore, I just don't see that bigger change when he gets the sunglasses and he starts doing all this stuff. Okay, was that one and two in one, or mm. have you got a second one? No, no, that was that was it. Okay, I just I just think it would make more sense of him being jealous of Channing Tatum if he didn't look like Ryan yeah. Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that big a difference. Uh, yeah, that is fair. I see what you're saying, but yeah. no, I'm with V. He sells it. He somehow makes himself much more of a sort of geeky everyman than he has any right to do. <laughs> he looks awesome. Uh, what's your change, Victoria? So the movement of the narrative is not actually on Guy. It's not actually his story. It's mostly Millie and Keyes' story. And then bear in mind the engine of their story are these not at all relatable stakes about getting fucking royalties. So put the movement of the narrative on Guy. Guy testing the limits of what it means to be alive pushes the story as a result of which if Millie and Keyes help him, they'll get their royalties. But it's actually the other way around. They want their royalties. Guy is alive. The movement, and bear in mind, they get the end scene as well. So I think the I think the narrative is too heavily weighted to them, and I think it should be more about Guy. He does stuff that pushes pushes Antoine and pushes Million Keys to sort of have to help him, and then the, this fucking royalties thing can be in there in the mix somewhere. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, mine is uh, I've done them all <laughs> so I've done them throughout I don't think you can have a reboot and destroying the servers as separate events don't think you should go back to the same safe house to get the same piece of evidence three times and I don't think that having no purpose anymore is a satisfying end for NPCs uh, but I hope and don't doubt that will be explored in the sequel <laughs> free guide Can't to wait. the search for more money <laughs> uh, right then uh, it's time for the verdict. <laughs> hey, Is that yeah, right? Yeah, Good yeah. idea. Okay, brilliant. Just stop talking. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. It's my week. That's good, isn't it? And then I say, so I get to choose who goes first. So, um, yeah, uh, Alex is going first. Oh, she let, left a little gap for you. Can't handle the truth. Yeah, she didn't stop speaking. Oh, right. No, yeah. yeah. No, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Blondine, I'll put it together. <laughs> Someone will fix this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to keep it very, very brief this week. So I love Free Guy. It works even when it shouldn't. Uh, I do not think the end works, however. The Truman Show was a revelation when I first saw it, but I didn't like the end. I didn't think it worked. However... Even this time, despite knowing what happened, Carrie's performance in The Truman Show is nothing short of remarkable. How much you are desperate for him to escape is astonishing. You're so happy when he does. So my vote is hands down, despite my love for Free Guy, The Truman Show. Lovely. You. I like free. Ooh. Ooh. Tension. Oh, I've just no idea. She can't handle the truth. Uh, I liked Free Guy a lot more on this second viewing. Um, yeah, I think it's clever. It's smart. It's just uh, for, there's a ton of reasons that it's bad yeah. that we've gone through, but it's entertaining. Uh, in its own way. But the fact that the message in it is anti-corporate, anti-commercial, anti-sequel, and it's full of commercials and they're making a sequel <laughs> means it's absolutely full of shit. And I can't <laughs> let that slide. Like, I don't, I don't, it's not on. So um, Peter Weir said that Truman Show was a dangerous film to make because it couldn't happen. And then it did. It was this right film at the right time I also happen to think it's a nearly perfect movie, apart from <laughs> things Alex said to me, which has spoilt that sentence. Um, there's nothing I'd change. Um, but as I said, it's one of the few films that's guaranteed to make me cry uh, uh, for reasons that I can't quite put my finger on, but they certainly don't involve trying to sell me a frigging lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> so for that, so reason, good. It's just so so for that good. reason, the Truman Show wins for me as well. <laughs> oh, well, then we have a winner, and the winner is the Truman show but let's complete the holy trinity of judgment <laughs> victoria yes it's the truman show if only because incorrect licensing is not as relatable as <laughs> am i real <laughs> and that's that good alex is quickly looking up where next week's films are yeah. i think <laughs> oh no wait i can help you i've got it okay i've got it but thank you uh, so the clue i gave for next week's parents. First of all, congratulations to Truman Show, a mm. worthy winner, no yeah. doubt. Although I did love Free Guy, and I'm going to keep saying that. Right, uh, we uh, need to look ahead to next week's clash, and my clue on Monday's episode was, I'm so proud of this one, you spent the entire trip whining. <laughs> so the movies we are doing next week are 
with nail and eye versus sideways. Wow. Yeah. Big. Big week. I'm yeah. excited. I'm really excited about this. So with Nail and I, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, it's available on there. That is the best place to get it. Uh, whereas Sideways is available if you've got Disney Plus subscription on there. Otherwise, you can find it on Amazon Prime, YouTube, Apple TV, and elsewhere. So those are the movies for next week. Uh, very excited. It's going to be good, huh? Yeah, yeah, very good. good. I mean, it's never ever gone very well before are we going to have wine in the studio <laughs> I think we should <laughs> episode the second episode halfway through the second episode you get that Pinot Noir out mm, yeah it's why whenever anyone goes you know we should do what we, we should say what we say in the pub on air no <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> terrible idea absolutely terrible awful. idea just if we do do that Alex don't have any drinks before right okay oh, yeah, yeah understood understood great episode though uh, so <laughs> that is us done if you haven't subscribed to us or you know someone who should subscribe to us and perhaps hasn't heard the pod recommend us to them and get them to subscribe on Apple Spotify or wherever they get their pods also check in with us on Twitter and Instagram for all the latest updates news and everything else we are back on Monday to begin the journey that is with Nell and I versus Sideways have a great weekend bye bye Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.